Welcome to the Nerd Culture's Dead Podcast. I'm your host and thoroughly nerd, Zach. Today's topic is going to be Jen and I's top five favorite movies of ever. Of ever, that's that's a lot of time. Yeah, because there's not enough time for these movies. They're so good. So I assume we're going to be starting from the bottom and working our way to the tippy top. Well, you are a bottom, so why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right, as per <laughs> usual, let's go. So, um, number five in my ranking is Jurassic Park. Um, the whole franchise, really, but I guess specifically the first one. As it is the best one. As it is the best one. Um, also, it just it makes sense. You know, if you're going to pick a movie, pick the first one, right? Oh. I don't know many ones where the sequel is better. Men in Black, too. Okay, well, it's been a very long time since I've seen Men in Black, so we're going <laughs> to... Leave it there. That was major foreshadowing, by the way, guys. I mean, what, you just want me to deep dive into this or what? Well, go ahead and tell me what you like about Jurassic Park. See, the whole point of this conversation is to talk about why these are our favorite movies. Yeah, but then you went, Jen, all right, start. <laughs> yeah, because we totally rehearsed this. <laughs> all right. Um, a good part of why I really enjoy Jurassic Park, and I, I think everyone should watch it at least once in their life, like... It's the the year it was made, which I didn't look up because I'm an idiot. Uh, 1990-something? 80-something, give or take? 1993. 1993 sounds perfect. Um, the They didn't really have CGI. They had dinosaurs, and they were as real as you can make dinosaurs without doing Jurassic Park bullshit. It's it's all practical effects, and especially for the time that they did, like, that was amazing. Um, if you had listened to our initial Jurassic Park episode, I can fully explain some of that. But the, the T-Rex, for instance, they had to have a guy physically go inside of that thing to staple the skin onto that machine. And he had to be on. The machine had to be on. And if that thing powered down at any point that man probably would have died fun fact it did power down while he was inside of it he managed to not die because he like curled up into a ball and got real lucky he got real fucking lucky but like that's that shit's amazing like you don't get that nowadays nowadays all you get is like a cool cg i mean it's still cool but like it's all cgi not a lot of people use the practical effects anymore and that's that's real nostalgia, and it's also, it's just, it really shows how talented people can be with what they have available, you know? Not only do you have to build a robot, you also have to know how to cross-stitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's convenient, you know? Um, alongside that, they've got a lot of really iconic quotes, and I've prepared a couple. Hold on to your butts. That is one of them, yep. Um, life uh, finds a way. Clever girl, as, you know, you would expect. Um, that's one big pile of shit. Welcome to Jurassic Park, obviously. And then the uh, God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Dinosaurs eat man. Women inherit the earth. Um, aside from that, they've gone into making theme parks. So, you know, Universal has Jurassic Park world jurassic park like theme parks like it's it's a thing that is low-key the coolest thing about going to universal is just being able to walk into the visitor center mm-hmm. that's the only thing i look forward to at universal <laughs> um i think another good thing about it is you know it's a good movie when they reboot it to an extent like they rebooted it when they went and remade it with uh chris pratt and did the jurassic world stuff like it's it's a good it's a money printing machine. Yeah, well, yes, it is. You're not wrong. Um, you also have the, the classic Jurassic Park Jeep. Like, if I had a Jeep, I would 100% have a Jurassic Park Jeep. Like, it would just happen. Same thing with a Chevy Blazer. I mean, just the... They went above and beyond in designing the park. They very clearly could have just put in a Jeep there and it would have been fine, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. They instead covered it in stickers and decals that made it look like it was an official Jurassic Park Jeep and helped further establish the world. Yeah, no, it's it's real cool. That and I think just in general, it's it helped build a generation of dinosaur lovers. 
And that's that's nice. Yeah, dinosaurs are fantastic. That's all I had. That was all I prepared. Oh, that's your entire list? Well, for, for no, no, we're going back in five. I do my five, now you do your five. Oh, uh, I know. I was making a joke oh, that okay. you were severely underprepared and did nothing. Thank you. I'm more prepared than you are, but yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> She's not wrong, kiddos. So my number five favorite movie of ever is The Princess Bride. This is a movie that whenever Zach is sick or feeling down, he can pull up Netflix and watch a 90-minute movie that just makes him cry happiness. Anytime I'm sick, anytime I'm feeling down, I turn on this movie and it just resets me. It's the it's like crack cocaine for Zach. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're addicted to it and you get real highs and real lows. Real highs and real lows. When Princess Buttercup is taken away from William, it might make me make me cry. No, but um, I don't know. It's just a real well-paced, fun movie. I mean, like Jurassic Park, it's also so quotable. But just the idea of the little adventure pirate fencing with the one guy, then wrestling Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. then outsmarting the clever guy, then reuniting with Princess Buttercup after a 30-minute chase scene. that That's all that entire part was, was a chase scene. They realize who each other are, and all of a sudden the movie does a flip, and now all the bad guys have to get together with the good guy to stop them with the even more evil bad guys, and it's a lot of fun. It's been a while since I've seen Princess Bride, to be perfectly honest, and I'd have to definitely refresh myself on some of this, but I, I remember bits and pieces at least. <laughs> Inconceivable! Yeah, I f- honestly, I fucking hate that man's voice. You, you hate his voice? I hate it so much. I, I think that adds so much to I'm, it. I'm aware. I just, I, it actually hurts my feelings. I don't know, just a- everyone is so fucking quotable in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just so well done. Like it, it's it's campy. It's it's definitely an '80s movie. Oh yeah. But that's all it needs to be. It's fun. It's like the Goonies in the same way where it it is iconic for its time, and it is just so well made and it aged like fine wine. Yeah. Yeah, it just produces memes like crazy. I mean, you're not wrong. It it is. There are memes. I don't. Know, I just find that no matter. What age you are, no matter who you are, somehow, some way, everyone gets to enjoy The Princess Bride in their own little way. It doesn't have to be their favorite movie, but nobody dislikes The Princess Bride. Yeah. L- looks I mean, at Jen for disapproval. No, I there was a bug in front of me and I freaked out for a second. I was trying to freak out calmly because I knew we were recording. Well, that's my number five. I like The Princess Bride. It's fun. No, it's a good movie. I, I don't disagree. Except it's not on my list, so clearly I disagree. Well, it's not, it's not your number five. I know. It's your number one, obviously. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, what? Is it number four time? It's number four time. All right, it's number it's four It's four time. for four. Uh, fun fact, I had a crush on number four from Codening Kids Next Door growing up, so that's, that's a knowledge for you. Anyway, so Harry Potter makes it on my number four. Any movie Once again, in the franchise as a whole. Um, I think my personal favorite is probably the third one where Hermione's got the time bullshit. Uh, that is Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, which is the third one. I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. It's also my favorite of the Harry Potter movies. Um, but if you ask my dad, uh, the first two are good because they change directors. They change directors quite a few times, actually, but um, the first two, it's got the better director in. Also a good Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really wish that he didn't die, die in real life so that, you know, he could have been. I really, I didn't, I didn't care for the, the actor who replaced Dumbledore. Obviously, he still did a good job, but I just, yeah, I liked the other one better. not role by any means. Well, and part of it, it's not... It's not the actor, it's the concept of where Dumbledore as the character goes. Yeah, the because first Dumbledore is way story, more magical and whimsical. He, he's happy and whimsical and cheer and then the, 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 the he just he just goes downhill real quick. Yeah, um there there was a meme about that where it was like Harry Potter in the books and it's Dumbledore going, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Harry, you put your name in the Goblet of Fire. Isn't that neat? And, and then, then, and then, the then movie's, movie's just like, what the fuck? Harry, <laughs> you put your name in the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, but I think Harry Potter as a whole, like I said, is, is really good. It it did shape a generation. It it shaped the actors. Like, anytime you see Daniel Radcliffe, you're not like, oh, it's Daniel Radcliffe. You're like, oh, look, it's Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, the, kind of the same way that um, the generation after ours grew up with, um, like, Hunger Games and Maze Runner and all these, like, book-to-movie adaptations. Is that what they considered growing up with? All right. Yeah, like, we grew up with Harry Potter. They grew up with that. I guess, yeah. But or it's... like, there's people who grew up reading Percy Jackson who mm-hmm. also grew up watching Harry Potter. It's the same thing. Yeah, but, like, Harry Potter, it shaped a generation. It shaped the actors. Like, the actors themselves are like a family just because, I mean, you literally grew up together. So it's 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 cute. Um, It's... It's iconic, like, it, it. everyone, for the most part, has seen Harry Potter in one way, shape, or form. Fun fact, I only just finished Harry Potter <clears throat> within the last, like, what, six months? Yeah, because I made you watch it, because everyone should see Harry Potter. I was very clearly not shaped in, by Harry Potter the way you were. No. But, no, I agree, Harry Potter is one of those franchises that has been made iconic despite all of the resistance towards Harry Potter that has come up as of, as of late due to people's disdain for J.K. Rowling. Yeah, well, I'm, people are people. It's, it's, it's a good book. <laughs> good book, good movies. Good book, good movies. Good theme park. Hopefully good video game. Over, over, oh, no, 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 no. Let's be real. They had, I don't know if they've redone it recently, but they've had, like, some old school, like, you put a disc physically in the computer computer game and like well oh my god they were so bad well no i'm talking about the new one that's coming that's out. what i'm saying i know nothing about the new one it's got a nice trailer yeah for a ps5 i, th- I think you'll it's like a ps5 it. harry potter game mm-hmm. all right bro yeah brand new harry potter game coming out like in next year yeah but like everybody knows what what harry potter house they're in i'm ravenclaw ravenclaw i know um, they, they got a theme park. I mean, it's it's just everyone, you know. To af- um, put it bluntly here, I mean, mm-hmm. there are college courses on Harry Potter. You're not wrong. There's college courses on Star Wars. Like, it, it's in that same tier of recognizableness or recognizability, I guess. Well, it's it's the same concept of in high school, I took a pop culture class. This is the pop culture now, like... <laughs> That's it. After all this time. Always. Ever. No, honey. I was quoting the movie. Move on. What's your number four? (laughs) (laughs) I've been more disappointed in my fucking life. Well, now I want to know what you were trying to quote. After all this time. Always. When fucking, spoiler alert, Snape dies. Bro, you think I remembered that? That that's, was that's the most important. That's like the quoted bullshit. Bro, they you've loved her after all this time, always, because he's still always fucking in love with Harry's mom. Shit's sweet as hell, and you cry real hard. Bro, they blew over that. I I didn't remember it whatsoever. That is literally like the most quoted line from Harry Potter, aside from "You're a wizard, Harry." Like that's. That's it. It's that. I'm sure there's a more quoted no, piece than that. No, absolutely not. I will Google it right now. What's your number four? I'm going to Google this shit. All right. Jen's angrily Googling quotes from Harry Potter. Uh, my number four is Men in Black. Men in Black is just hilariously funny and such a well-paced movie. I'm correct. <laughs> also, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good. That's the other contender. Not. Uh, Master's giving Dolby a sock. All right. That's not one of the highest quotes. I I only looked at enough to prove myself right. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) I only look up facts that back me up. Yes. (laughs) What was your number four? I wasn't listening. That would be Men in Black, sweetie. The the second one? Uh, 
I, I wrote it as just the franchise. Because I, I specifically remember you saying the mm. second one is better than the original. I'm not sure it is. I, I was just trying to be facetious. Okay. You were just being a dick. Got it. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I like Men in Black 2. Men in Black 1 is way more iconic for me because I had a VHS player growing up with about 10 VHS tapes. One of which was Jurassic Park, which I watched a fuck ton of. The other one was Men in Black, and I watched way more Men in Black than I did Jurassic Park, because aliens were so cool to me. And I liked the idea of the secret society of people who keep aliens under check, and they were just living in the population. I thought that was a cool concept. And Will Smith happens to be a very funny dude. And played very well against Tommy Lee Jones' campiness. Fun fact, guys. Zach only just recently found out that Will Smith also sings. Yeah, did not know that man had a rap career before he did acting. Yeah, like no idea. a big one. My, my knowledge of Will Smith went as such. Men in Black, I Am Legend, that's it. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Didn't watch it. Oh my god. Keep going. <laughs> Never been more disappointed in my life. <sighs> no, nah, but just for the time when the movie was out on for little old Zach to be watching all the time. The aliens were a really cool design. I liked the three little like shrimp looking aliens who would hang out by the coffee pot. Oh, did you have you been to the Men in Black Ride at Universal? Yeah. It's fun. Mm-hmm. The the waiting room is all set up like the the office is real cute. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely love it. It's the golden era of Universal to me. Is you know, like Men in Black, the Mummy, the Mummy, fucking Brandon Shrek had like, just come out for the first time and is Universal DreamWorks. But I think it was just DreamWorks at that point. I think so. Like when Shrek was coming out, yeah. I could easily be wrong, but Men in Black holds a good place in my heart as a movie I watched all the time. Because it was something my parents would could let me watch. Even if the cockroach alien who did the good old sucky sucky to a guy's corpse was definitely I'm sorry, like, a cockroach gave a blowjob to a corpse on, on Men in Black? Okay, you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sorry. When you say sucky sucky, that's a... It's, it's a euphemism, yes. Okay, cool. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Men in Black, Basically, so hell if I know, man. The, the ultimate plot is that cockroaches, and I'm not sure if it's all cockroaches, because it's been a while since I've seen Men in Black, but the main enemy, or the end alien in the movie ends up being a giant cockroach that had been literally living in some guy's skin, like used him as a flesh puppet. That's disgusting. It is. It's absolutely terrifying when he... Basically, just rips him in half and comes out as a giant cockroach monster trying to go into space. And there's a bunch of cockroaches helping him. And they come pouring out of like a silo. And I think, I think we need to rewatch Men in Black because I have no recollection of any of this. It's a real disgusting and Maybe, maybe part they of the use movie. the memory thing on me. Maybe. Uh. Y- you know what? I-, I would dare say that that is more iconic than most Hollywood props is the flashy you forget a thing. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but I... No, I am wrong. I'm 100% wrong. I'm think, I'm combining two rides together. In Universal, they have the Mummy ride and they have the Men in Black ride. At the end of the Mummy ride, you, you're like going through and there's a video and it's Brendan Fraser like yelling at the fucking staff to get him a coffee or some shit. And then... At the end of Men in Black, it's the same kind of thing, and Will Smith goes and psh, with the fucking memory thing, and my brain said that that, that happened at in, the end of the mummy, in right. mummy, and I was like, no, 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 that's not accurate. No, 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 no. It definitely happened at the end of the Mummy. You just don't forget. You just don't remember it. It did the memory thing to you. Hmm. So, Jen, what's your number three? Moving on to number three. Um, Y'all ready for this? No. Spaceballs. Use the Schwartz. Yeah, so... I'm going to get hate for this. I don't necessarily care for Star Wars. I love Spaceballs. I love Spaceballs. Like, it's funny. It's iconic. I can quote from it. It's it's a good parody movie. It'll also get you most of the plotline that you really need to know about Star Wars. Um, They break the fourth wall a few times. That's always funny. I have... 
many quotes that I have prepared. Uh, One of my absolute favorite quotes from this movie is when they're, they're combing the desert and they're actually combing the desert with big ass combs. He goes, found anything yet? Not a thing, sir. How about you? Nothing, sir. What about you? We ain't found shit. Because they got a fucking... <laughs> the little tiny one. Uh, um, Michael Michael Winslow, the dude who does the, the voices, the... I've lost the beeps. I've lost the, the sweeps. And I've lost the creeps. And he does all his fucking voices. My dad's been to his house. Fun fact. Yeah. Yeah, he did, like, some electrical work there or something. It was just an interesting fact. Um... But that, that man's real cool. I, I don't know personally, but like all of the uh, the sound effects, like that's that's him just straight doing those. Can we get more movies like that? That'd be great. That'd be absolutely great. When they when they jam the uh, the satellite. I didn't write the code down, but Honey, it's... Honey, I won't be real with you. I haven't seen Spaceballs since like... 2014. I have no recollection of the movie whatsoever. Only one man dare give me the raspberry. <laughs> uh, fucking when they're they're going to their hyperspeed and they, they go so fast, it's they've gone to plaid. Um, fucking. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. When fucking Barf introduced himself. Mm-hmm. He real cute. I like him. Um, the when uh, was it Lord Helmet? I believe is his name. When he's um, meeting the Luke Skywalker character for the first time, he goes, "I'm your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate." My dad and I joke about that one a lot. I have heard you and your dad quote that. So mm-hmm. you know we what? we, we that quote makes more sense. we quote that one, and then we quote. I didn't write this one down either. It's the. Uh, they're figuring out the combination. It's one, two, three, four, five. He goes, that sounds like a the combination an idiot would have on his luggage. He goes, that's the same combination I have on my luggage. <laughs> uh, the fucking, just the can of air where he, he's like snorting it like it's fucking cocaine. All right, we're going to have to rewatch this movie. We're, um, we're going to have to watch a lot of movies from what this list is telling me. When they break the fourth wall, they're, they're watching Spaceballs. Yeah, like, in let's, Spaceballs. Just, let's just fast forward to see what happens. Where are we at? We're now. We're now now. I'm like, what the fuck? Huh? And it's the whole thing. Um, when Leia, her hair gets shot when they're running away, goes, my hair. You shot my hair. Son of a bitch. And then just fucking plows them all down immediately. And then, uh, you idiots. You've captured their stunt doubles. That one got me forever. That was real fucking funny. Fun fact, it still got her to this day. She can't stop laughing. Yes. Um, and then when one of the fucking, the, the like, first commander or whatever burst in on fucking Darth Helmet, he goes, and he's in there playing with his dolls, he goes, no, sir, I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. I, I fucking, I love that movie. Like, it's just, it's so much quotable bullshit that I do... A lot more than I probably should. Well, I tell you what, it definitely bleeds into your movie preferences, because I know you love comedies. I do. Because it's like what we always watch on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. But, no, no, this makes a lot of sense if you grew up watching Spaceballs rather than Star Wars. Uh-huh. Well, and it's also, there's the scene when they're they're at the wedding, and they, they keep getting interrupted and interrupted. The priest is just getting more and more pissed off. Like, my dad and I have joked about doing this at my wedding, and it's just... No, fuck it. The short, short version. Do you? Yes. Do you? Yes. Good. You're married. Kiss her. <laughs> I, I could totally see Jason doing that. I Honestly, I've debated asking him. <laughs> but that, that's... I'll end it there. But Spaceballs is something that everyone should watch, especially if you like comedy, you like parodies. Like I said, I don't care for Star Wars, but I, I love Spaceballs. Good. It's time for my number three. Yep. An objectively worse movie. Yep. Go on. Godzilla versus Mothra. Oh, objectively the, and factually. Yep, go otherwise, on. Otherwise, <laughs> this Godzilla versus The Thing. This is the introduction film for Mothra based in the 1970s. Is this one of the ones you made me watch? It is. And you fell asleep like 30 minutes in. Well, it was real boring. I know. God, <laughs> Godzilla movies have a tendency to be really boring unless you're into them. 
And you know you're into them when you don't fall asleep. Ah, I clearly wasn't into them. I I, I love Godzilla movies. I I grew up watching them, so I've always been a big Godzilla nut. And Godzilla vs. Mothra, I remember going to Best Buy back in 2006. And I had saved up allowance for a while to buy, I, I think it was a game for the PS2. It was like MX versus ATV or something. Stupid like that. But instead, I was just walk, walking by the movie section, which was huge back then. Mm-hmm. Because Blockbuster was still a thing. Blockbuster was still a thing, yep. And I saw it was a five-movie collection for Godzilla priced at $120. Yeah, I think I actually had to stop you from buying one recently at the store. <laughs> you did. Um, but this five-movie collection, it was the only Godzilla movie on the shelf besides... The 1998 Godzilla. And priced at $120. I went, you know what? I've got about 70 in allowance money. I'll go ahead and ask my mom if I can go ahead and have 50 bucks to buy this. She goes, eh, sure, why not? She made a huge mistake that day. <laughs> because I... Was pers- that the first time you'd ever seen Godzilla? No, but like I had saw the 1998 Godzilla. And I had seen like Godzilla 2000 on... Because we had DirecTV at the time. And I had watched Godzilla 2000 like twice. So I I knew there was more to Godzilla than just the 1998 one. And I shit you not, I watched that whole box set so many times that I wore out the snapping function on the DVD cases on two of them. Well, I feel like that means your mom spent $50 wisely. No, because she put me into crippling debt for the rest of my life because I love Godzilla. Ah, so that's your issue, is Godzilla's what put you into your issues. <laughs> I, I, I watched so much of this movie, and Godzilla vs. Mothra was the one that I enjoyed the most out of those five movies, because it is the only movie in that collection besides the original 1954 Godzilla that shows Godzilla as an antagonist, but the movie was in color, so therefore young brain Zack liked it more. Yeah, I was like, you say that, like, Clerks 2, or I'm sorry, Clerks 1 is in black and white, and it's also a really fucking good movie. Yeah, so it's the 1954 Godzilla. It's like, you can, it can be done. <laughs> yeah, and for a movie as old as it is, it was made in the 70s, it somehow has human characters that are tolerable, <laughs> and I, I mean this in the nicest way, Godzilla movie actors are the bottom of the barrel of actors and quite frankly are some of the most boring plots ever but this one was good it was a guy stumbles across monster egg turns out it's mothra egg and he's gonna put it on display and try and make money off of it greedy capitalism and and what happens godzilla gets up and wrecks his stuff and makes him lose lots of money he's all sad he goes Government, get Godzilla. Government starts shooting at Godzilla. Godzilla ain't having none of it. He goes up to the egg, but who'd you know? The other whole time this movie's been going on, Mothra has been talking to the humans. Mothra fights Godzilla and dies, saving her egos. And then the two little larva Mothra caterpillar dudes, they, they fight Godzilla and they beat him. Were there fairies in this movie? There were. I vaguely remember fairies. There's also a big song in the movie, which is like the only time Godzilla ever turned into a musical. I have no recollection of this. But um, I think it was called like Mother Island or something. But basically it introduced Godzilla and Mothra as enemies initially. And then they completely retcon this later and like Godzilla and Mothra are besties. Mm -hmm. But they totally weren't to begin with. Godzilla totally wanted to eat that egg. I mean, you know, what are you going to do when you're hungry? Because you're not you when you're hungry. Godzilla needed a Snickers. But it introduced Mothra, who is like the coolest monster ever besides King Ghidorah. But I didn't like the King Ghidorah movie very much because it was... You see the the five-headed dragon? He's the three-headed dragon. Three. There's no five-headed dragon. My bad. But Godzilla vs. Mothra, solid movie. It's one of the better ones from the Showa era of Godzilla movies. And I just happened to wholeheartedly enjoy it. And I watched it way too much as a kid to not put it at least in my top three. I grew up watching that movie. 
So I think we're in the big boy <coughs> movies now. Jen, what's your number two? All right. Uh, I guarantee you most people listening have probably never even heard of this movie, let alone seen it. Um, it's called The Pirate Movie. It is a 1982 film is when it was made. Um, part of why this movie does mean a lot to me is this: it's got a lot of sentimental value. Like, it was my mom's favorite movie. So that, I think, helped a lot with it. It's a comedy, big surprise there, uh, fan- fantasy, it's it's like a, it's a rom-com set in, not, not like high fantasy or anything, it's, it's pirates, it's self-explanatory in the title, it's the pirate movie, um, but it's also a musical. Um, in that musical, there are, I went to the wrong one, there are, there's a couple songs in there, um, one of them is actually a song we're going to be playing at our wedding. Uh, it's called How Can I Live Without Her? And it's real fucking cute. And I listen to it a lot, actually. Like, a fuck ton. Basically every time she cooks dinner. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, there's another song called uh, Pumpin' and Blowin'. Basically, in the movie, the, the main guy has to go underwater to go get a treasure or some shit for the girl. And... It's old, old school scuba diving. So he's just down there like in fucking regular ass pirate clothes and got the helmet on. And she's up there pumping the machine, pumping the water out so that he doesn't drown. And it's it's got like some cartoony aspects. And it's it's real fucking weird, but it's cool. Uh, there's another one, We Are the Pirates, where all the pirates are singing, which is super cool. Um, I'm the Pirate King, which is the introduction of the main bad villain. Uh, there's uh, the Major General song, which is a real funny little song to the introduction of the girl's dad, which is a real cute one. Um, and then there's the the happy ending song. So it's basically it's it's a it's got like an ugly duckling kind of vibe to it. So uh, this chick basically her her dad is the Major General. Then uh, she's got like 12 sisters and she's the youngest one. So she's like the least important of all the sisters. And so they come across these pirates. And so she's not allowed to get married until all of her other siblings are married. Like that's part of her thing. So all these pirates come along. She falls in love with the one dude. Blah, blah, blah. Shit happens. And then there's some... Uh, breaking the fourth wall stuff going on at the end. So, like, they're all kind of fighting back and forth. And she says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to pause this. Pauses. Pauses the whole thing. And she's like, all right, well, we're, we're all going to, like, I want to get married to you real bad. So she's like, fuck it. We're pausing this shit. She goes and pairs up a pirate with a sister. Pirate sister. Pirate sister. And then there's, like, a big-ass wedding, so everybody fucking gets married, and then she gets married at the end. It's real fucking cute. For for a 1982 movie, it's it's real good, and I, I, I definitely made you watch it with me. Yeah, and I enjoyed it a lot, and I sing the She's All I'm Living For song. How Can I Live Without Her? But yeah, go on. Well, I mean, that, that's probably That's a song. quote in there, but this, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like that movie. It was very cute. Very campy. It's it's an 80s movie for sure, but it's a cute 80s movie that you definitely can't find a DVD for unless you go on eBay. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to have to look for this, but it it's definitely worth the watch. Like I said, it's it's an older movie, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. A lot of sentimental stuff for me. So my number two. Yeah. Also a 1982 movie. How convenient. John Carpenter's The Thing. Zach's only horror movie on this list, and I probably our only horror movie on this list. Yeah, I guarantee you, I don't have any. <laughs> this movie is set in a Antarctic base run by the U.S. science team up there. I'm not sure if they're military or whatnot, but there's guns, so it's fair to assume there's some kind of research expedition thing up there. And basically, the Swedish scientist team up there had come across an alien life form and the shit goes south real fast as the thing can turn into anyone and mimic anything rather it be dog human multiple human i i need to i need to interject as to why i think your movie 
is trash, and it's got one reason and one reason alone. The dog dies. The dog dies. Lots of dogs, actually. Yeah, more than one dog dies in that movie. I think all but one, actually, It was a good movie until that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it became trash. Yeah, some of the dogs lived, and then the human characters later killed them. Because they weren't sure if they were things or not. But this movie has a great way of introducing tension by... And murdering dogs. <laughs> well, I mean, that helps for sure. But <laughs> by the movie being so slowly paced initially, everything begins coming to a head as the realization of the thing becomes more and more apparent to the viewer and the cast. So you learn as the cast does who's a thing, who might be a thing. And you're processing that information at the same time. So you, you get to do a lot of the guesswork with them. And I one thing I really like about that movie is actually you can rewatch the movie knowing what happens and who's affected. And you can watch it transfer from person to person. Yeah. And you go, okay, so the dog who was a thing did that to someone and therefore now they're a thing. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense because that person later interacted with who while everyone else was off screen Mm -hmm. or everyone else was on screen. Those two characters were off screen. Mm -hmm. And you get to do a lot of thought process with that. And it becomes a very good movie for that. Amazing cinematography in ways that they use the camera to trick the viewer. And the most famous example of this in this movie is there is a scene where they're testing blood samples to figure out who's a thing. And they get you familiar with the camera by doing a very close-up shot of the Petri dish with the blood when McCready, the main character, is testing the blood. And they start out real fast, which has always been a sign in this movie that danger's coming, right? Test blood. Safe. Shot pans back out to McCready. Okay, everything's fine. Shot pans back into to the Petri dish. It's fine. Pans back out to make greedy. This happens two or three more times until the final character, whose blood has not been sampled yet, instead of zooming in on the Petri dish, the shot stays zoomed out, and you see McCready test it, not thinking that it's going to be a thing. And would you look at that? It's a thing. The shot didn't change, which jolts the viewer because they just got comfortable to the shot zooming in. And it also shocks the character. And it becomes a surprise to both the cast and the viewer. Mm -hmm. And is a very good way of illustrating that. Creative monster design, all done through practical effects. And is one of the most celebrated movies for its practical effects. Fantastically done. The set pieces and the design of the Antarctic base are also phenomenal. Bringing a further feeling of claustrophobia and isolationism. Because there is no escape. It is do or die. It is kill or be killed, and it is everyone's will to survive against a being whose only goal is to survive. Mm -hmm. Human will versus alien will. And no better example of that is done through McCready, the main character, who is just the most badass Antarctic cowboy, helicopter pilot, engineer, who wields a flamethrower. There will be no one better than McCready. Are you done talking about your thing? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So before I jump on to number one, I have a couple honorable mentions that came into my head while we were doing this. Um, the Italian Job. I haven't seen that movie. Okay. So it's it's been a while, but basically it's a group of like five people who are Isn't trying that... to rob something and they all use Mini Coopers. Like oh, that's, that's the thing. In the, the heist movie. movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and they always Mini Coopers for it. That one's a really good movie. I uh, just thought of that one now. Um, and then the other one that's a really good honorable mention is Shaun of the Dead. Uh, a lot of that one, what I really, really liked from that is the the camera shots. So like the getting ready in the morning where it's like shot, 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 shot. And it's like six different shots all in one like that. That's a style in its own. And that's really good not a lot of people do that and it's something that worked really well it's something that i ended up doing in one of the videos i made in high school as well and it that shit takes forever to edit by the way 
Like those little quick shots, I think honestly take longer than some of the normal shit. So like that's props to you guys. <laughs> do you have any honorable mentions before I jump into my number one? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, number one, I mentioned it earlier as far as my honorable mentions go, would be The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Brandon Fraser is... Brendan Fraser? Sorry, Brendan Fraser was absolutely amazing in this role, and it, it's just a timeless piece, and really just a personification of what Universal was doing right in the 90s, and why they were easily the best movie-producing company at that mm-hmm. time. And then number two is Love and Monsters. A very recent movie, but... Oh, I do remember watching that. That Wasn't that movie just that so was cute? cute? That was real cute. A cute little love story set in a post-apocalyptic world where there's big old monsters and everything's fucked up, but everything's also perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it, it's just a good movie. If you ever get the chance to see it, it it's, it's worth a watch. Also, Toy Story was on mine, but... I really don't need to explain myself for that. It's Toy Story, so. Yeah. You know. Toy Story's good. So what's your number one, sweetie? Insert drum roll here. Um, my number one favorite movie of all time, and anyone who knows me can attest to this, it is Clue. Oh, I was going to think Monopoly. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> uh, Tim Curry, a brilliant, magnificent man. Um, it's, so I I need to start with this. The amount of nostalgia I have for that movie, it's, it's a, I didn't look up the year either. It's a 1980s movie for sure. Um, it's got fucking, was it Christopher Lloyd? The guy who plays Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Um, it's got fucking Tim Curry, the, the chick who plays Miss Scarlet. I like a lot too. Like it's, it brings a board game to life. I honestly, I hate Clue the board game. I hate it a lot. Same, it's so boring. I just, I lost a lot to my dad and I got angry. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's a really good movie. So when the movie initially came out, it came out in theaters. The movie has three different endings. When they released it in theaters, they released it with one ending. And you had to keep going back to the theater and hope you got a different ending to watch all three. If they did that today, I feel like people would just riot. Well, people would just look it up on YouTube and call it a day. That's fair, I guess. I was like, you've played a way out. You know you've you've Googled the other ending right after you finish the game. Like, that's how it works. Be doing it in the car. <laughs> um but it's it's got three different endings. So my dad, at one point, it had aired on TV, and it had aired with all three endings. So my dad recorded that one on tape. So my very first experience with this movie was a VHS recorded tape of this movie. So I can tell you where all of the commercial breaks are. Um, and I, it got all three endings. And that's, like, that's... That right there is my child. <laughs> like, I've actually made people sit down and watch that movie with me. Like, more people than I'd like to admit, I have forced to watch that movie with me. You yeah, being one of them. she tied them to the bed, duct taped their mouth, held their eyelids open with clips. Yeah, you're going to watch this fucking movie and you're going to like it. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. It's funny. I like funny. Uh, I know... It also has a lot of quotes that I myself quote a lot, once again, with my dad. Probably the most famous one that me and my dad quote is when they're they're counting bullets to see whether or not there's any ammo left in the gun. The 1 plus 2 plus 2 plus 1 is probably my favorite part about that. Um, Miss Scarlet, at one point, when she's they're all getting their, their weapons, she goes, I enjoy getting presents from strange men. I fucking love Miss Scarlet's character, by the way. I love her so much. Her portrayal of the character in the movie is why every time I play Clue, me and my dad fight over playing Miss Scarlet. Every time. Well, not only that, she's a redhead. She, she's, a she's not woman, a redhead in the movie. Which is dumb. She runs a whorehouse. Okay. So, you know. Is it the best little whorehouse in Texas? No, that's a different movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dolly Parton did that one. I, I didn't like that movie very much. I, it wasn't as good as I remember it being, but, it, you know. Um, oh, that's not Clue. No, it's not. Clue's real funny. I have more quotes. I wrote them down. Go ahead and quote. Um, at one point, so <laughs> Miss White is accused of murdering her many different husbands. And one of her quotes is, well, it's a matter of life. Uh, life after death. Now that he's dead, I have a life. Um, when oh, Professor Plum and Miss Scarlet are coming into the up into the mansion for the first time, and the the car stops, she goes, "Why is the car stopped?" And he goes, "It's frightened." Um, and then another one of probably my favorite ones when they finally catch. And I don't remember if it, this is in all of the endings or if it was just one of them. But they they finally catch him and they go, You see, like the Mounties, we always get our man. And then fucking Mr. Green goes, Mrs. Peacock was a man? And they get slapped twice. <laughs> that one's funny. Me and my dad quote that a lot. It's, it's just, it's a lot of sentimental shit once again. I've forced many people to watch it. And I will continue to do so for many years. Because I will never stop watching that movie. That's fair. Um, the running back and forth through the house is, it's just, it's a lot of like, you get to kind of figure out a little bit as you go, but it's because there's three different endings, it's not like you can follow it kind of like you can the thing, but it's, it's still got a lot of, huh, I kind of wonder, and then you can like think about it. It's just, it's good. I like it. It's funny. Yeah, it's just very rare nowadays. To even think about a movie having multiple endings. And the fact that the Clue movie has three. Yeah, like not, I don't know many, I don't know a single other movie that has multiple endings. Video games, yeah. I don't know anything about other movies having them. Well, and that's something I absolutely love. Like if the thing, the thing's ending is ambiguous on purpose and that helps the movie. But if they had two different endings to the movie that they played in theaters where like, one of them, the thing, wins, and the other one, the human, wins. And it's a toss-up, and it's just a matter of how you want to think about the movie. That'd be cool. I, I would I would pay to see that. Well, I said many people did go and pay and see this multiple times to get all three endings. Alrighty. My number one movie is, insert drum roll here, <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. And this is a surprise to probably a lot of people, because I don't talk about this movie a whole lot. Because it's boring. It's a slow burn. It's so slow and it burns. <laughs> I, I happen to like slow dramas, and Goodwill Hunting does a very good job of that. Well, it's got Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, so, you know. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Robin Williams. Yeah, he's a good man. Matt Damon being the lead role in this movie, Ben Affleck playing support, and Robin Williams really playing as the second place here. Robin Williams playing as Robin Williams. Basically, yeah, just yeah. a really nice guy. Yeah. But they they really were in their prime when they did this movie and this I'm, is a, If I remember correctly, this is one of the movies that got them real popular too. It, it's like their, this was one of the start. This is their breakout movie. Yeah, I was like and this is the movie. <laughs> this was written and directed by both Matt Damon and Ben Affleck too. Mm -hmm. So they made the movie as well as starred in it. Mm -hmm. And it just showed their talent and showed that they were definitely the up-and-coming actors of the late 90s yeah them and uh kevin smith picked up on that <laughs> yeah kevin smith picked on that real early <laughs> and he, he he got his he's got his credit in for that mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's a very slow movie that's also got a lot of good humor a lot of good quotes such as how do you like them apples i don't know the the movie for me just holds a lot of value where it is a movie that is a tearjerker the scene where Matt Damon, or Will, is in with his therapist, Robin Williams, and Robin Williams just finally cracks him and just repeats, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, and just makes him break down and cry and finally realize that he's been wrong the whole time and he's been denying himself the opportunities he's definitely allowed to have because of his abusive father was a lot it's just a very, very well-made movie, and I don't know, man. It just, 
It's a little too close to home for you. <laughs> no, it's it's not it. it. It's just such a such a grounded movie, and it just takes the message of it, it doesn't matter what happened to you in the past. Just keep moving. Go take that risk. Go have fun. Go live your life the way you want to live your life, and the way that Robin Williams' character in the movie was never a prodigy, but he had that message right. And his friend, who was once in Will's position of being the prodigy, is the one who is unhappy in life. And Will, having to take the advice of either one of these two men, decides to go with the one who actually enjoys himself. Mm -hmm. It was just a good journey to watch. And the fact that there's a little romance involved there that has a lot of cute little moments with like the weird googly eyes and the little romance they have there is real cute. I don't know, man. Something about that movie just... It calms me down. It makes me happy, and it's it's an emotional roller coaster, kind of the same way a beautiful mind is. Like I, I think of those movies. Thank almost you. Simultaneously. I was going to ask you after the podcast what that movie was called, and I completely fucking blanked. I bought those movies on DVD the same day because I was just in the Walmart clearance bin looking at the two dollar rollback movies and go, oh shoot, mm. both of these movies two dollars, damn. Walmart's selling out of good movies. You look so excited, you didn't even curse. I know, right? <laughs> With that, I think we're going to go ahead and bring the show to a close. These are our combined top ten favorite movies. So, Jen, why don't you go ahead and sign us out here? So, you can find both Zach and myself on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, we also have a Discord server, and we got a merch store, so you can check us out on all of those. Back to you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening and enjoying this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we liked making it. Let us know what your uh, favorite movies are down in the, the commentos. Yeah, go ahead and we'll, we'll we'll put up a poll. Just go ahead and let us know what your favorite movie is and we'll go ahead and try and give it a watch. Maybe it'll end up on the show. But don't press reverse now, otherwise you're going to hear me curse 20 times backwards. Have a good night, guys. Bye.